Hello and welcome to QPod, the QIC Investor Podcast. I'm Mark Joshi, the General Manager of Marketing and External Communications at QIC. And today we want to talk to you about the importance of fostering a strong organisational culture, particularly during a time of crisis. It's certainly true that in these uncertain times, the mark of a successful organisation is more than just about the bottom line or a new acquisition. It's certainly to do about the strength of, of a company's culture. Keeping people connected to the workplace has a direct dividend to performance for any organisation across the globe. So it's my pleasure to introduce you to our Executive Director of Human Resources at QIC, Glenn Jackson. Glenn was part of the crisis management team that was leading the QIC's response to the crisis and has certainly led the way in our transition to work from home arrangements and is also going to share with us some insights about some thinking he's putting into how QIC eventually returns back to the office. So please welcome Glenn. Oh thanks Mark, it's great to be here. Thank you. So, Glenn, it feels like forever ago, but six weeks ago, things moved pretty rapidly for for society and companies across the globe as we all started to, I guess, register the impact um, and the extent of COVID-19 and the very real consequences it would have on, on business. If I get you to cast back to your mind to those six weeks ago, what were some of the immediate thoughts that went through your mind when QIC stood up its crisis management team, which you sat on, and and, and some of the early thoughts that you had about making some of the significant decisions that the business made about moving people out of the office environment and working safely to their home? Yeah, um, Mark, it was an incredibly intense time because it was playing out real live. We were starting to have instances of people being exposed to others who had been confirmed with the virus. Floors were were being evacuated around the city and the information wasn't nearly as complete as we have it now. So what we did was took a very cautious approach. We, uh, in the first instance, we evacuated a floor for three or four days um, as we worked through one of those suspected cases, which turned out to be negative, which was terrific. But through that time, we actually learned about a few things that would hold us in good stead. One was asking our people to be very ready to work from home. After that first instance, we got a very clear signal that this was indeed a possibility. So please take your laptops home. Please make sure you've got all the information that you need to be able to work remotely. Please take your headsets. And so we were able to get ourselves ready. And when it became obvious that um, containment measures were going to be put in place, the crisis committee, uh, of of which uh, the majority of the executive are on, made the determination quite early that we were going to work remotely. Um, We were given a few days. That communication was very clear. People were able to ensure they had what they needed. Um, And then we embarked upon the process of getting people connected at home. So thankfully, our technology has worked excellently. And so there were very few tickets coming through to the technology team in terms of setups. But what was really important was the way that we started to think about how we work together. So in some of the very early communications that we did, we asked our leaders to really step up and communicate more than they'd ever done. So hosting daily team meetings, 
to ensure that people were very clear on what they were asked to do. But more importantly, getting connected with each other and, and getting connected in a way that would stand us in good stead going forward, getting into an operating rhythm that was different than what we would have in the office for sure. Because when you can't see each other, you can't connect together in close proximity, uh, the risk of disconnecting um, becomes very, very real. So we absolutely got onto the front foot there, put some very clear expectations to our leaders. And I must say, they've been exceptional. And our team leaders throughout the business have done, uh, really gone the extra mile to A, make sure their teams are connecting, but B, to really check in on people individually. Are you okay? How's it going for you? Um, because I tell you what, we've got all circumstances of society represented at QIC. So to think that there's one size that fits all is absolutely wrong. So we had to be very considerate and we had to be very careful in ensuring that our people were able to get into a rhythm and a routine where they're able to balance not only their work accountabilities, but their outside of work accountabilities as well. Yeah, thanks, Glenn. Certainly lots to, to think about, you know, and, and quite rapidly. Um, one of the things I wanted to address that you raised was a uh, bit about communication and obviously in, in times like this, people are naturally looking for information and seeking trusted sources for that information when they're bombarded with so many different data sets and information points. Can you tell me a little bit about some of the communication priorities that you've established and QIC's established in response to COVID and, and the thinking behind some of those? Yeah, and, and I think they definitely matured um, as we navigated through this. So one of the things that we learned very early on is that the communications that we were putting out had to be crystal clear, had to be very, very sharp and concise because if there was room for misinterpretation, that would actually cause more angst. So we got better at it. We um, also knew there were areas that we weren't the experts in. So we engaged an external organisation to be able to provide medical expertise for our people in, a, in much greater depth and much greater clarity than we were been able to provide and to be able to sift through some of the myths. So we established very early on and Dave Clark, our Chief Risk Officer, sponsored this um, weekly webinars with a trained medical doctor expert in this field. And um, we got a lot of questions from our people, um, some very, very genuine and authentic and quite private questions. But we were able to work through those methodically. And I think that gave a very strong sense of uh, balance. I wouldn't say calm because it's still in a pretty intense situation, but an absolute source of the truth. And Mark, you're dead right. There is so much information out there that we wanted to be able to provide clarity and brevity um, to be able to allow our people to understand from an expert exactly what we were dealing with. And that stands to this day as we contemplate the return into a non-remote working environment. So key learnings, sharp, clear, no room for misunderstanding, and, and we got better. 
one of the other points you raised, uh, Glenn, was having to be think a bit creatively and I guess also flexibly around how people work and live in the in this current environment. And as I keep saying it feels like it's certainly a collision of people's personal and professional lives at the moment. The number of uh, babies and and pets that we're all introduced to as we inevitably go through our days and have, you know, a number of Teams meetings or, or Skype meetings be, be what they will be. Can you explain a little bit about sort of the approach that you've taken and the team's taken around building in that flexibility for people as as obviously their homes have become their office more than ever? Can you take us through some of the, the arrangements that QIC's provided and, and how perhaps technology's helped in the delivery of those solutions too? Sure. So the technology's been excellent. So for us to be able to connect through video, real time, have conversations has just been a game changer. So to our ops and tech team, you know, they just superb. But one of the things, Mark, that we absolutely needed to do was to ensure that people realised that we weren't in a mechanistic work world. And what I mean by that is that it's not a case of pitching up at 8.30 or whatever the case may be, clocking off at quarter past five. It's actually empowering and trusting people to create a work routine that works with their circumstances. Um, And the circumstances we have are all and varied. So from people with caring duties, young children, elderly parents, blended families, people living on their own, people living in shared flats, you know, we've we've got it all. And um, one of the very important messages that we needed to send was, we trust you. And we, you are empowered to create your working day so that you can keep all of the important things that are, in, that are very important to you, including work, in balance, because we know that this is a very abnormal time. And we want you to be able to architect what your day looks like. And all that we ask is that you have really open lines of communications with your team leaders and you're crystal clear on your priorities. And some of our people, to start with, Mark, found that a struggle, you know, um, to and, and a feeling of guilt. And so we just needed to get reaffirm you're doing a terrific job. You know, the work that our teams are doing for our clients, for our organisation, superb. So cut yourself some slack. You know, it's okay. You architect your day in the way that works best for you. So it has been a real test of us and and putting that confidence and that trust and that empowerment into the hands of every person. And what I've seen as we've progressed through this is people just become much more comfortable and and much more embracing of those, those principles. I think you're absolutely right. Everyone has for a long time talked about flexibility in the workforce and absolutely we've made some great strides as a company, but even, you know, as a society in allowing that flexibility. But I think that's even been more punctuated by a crisis like this, Glenn, and some of the things that around flexibility we might even see being accelerated or or extended even as we move out of, of this crisis. Do you have any thoughts about how you see flexibility in the workplace being an availability or being available to people in a post-COVID world? Yeah, absolutely. Um, before I answer that, though, there's one thing that I um, I just wanted to share. Staying connected and seeking the feedback from our people as to 
how they're going has just been super important because then we've been able to provide opportunities for people to connect around different topics that are all around health and well-being. So one of the things that we spoke about early when we were working remotely was this is not a normal time. So it's okay to be feeling anxious. It's okay to be feeling that, you know, you might not be in control of everything that you're normally in control of. And so we ran some resilience webinars, which were incredibly well received. And then through feedback that we got from people, the juggle of kids being home from school and remote working, all trying to exist in the in the same ecosystem was tough. And so again, we read that feedback, we established a webinar that we delivered around just some hints, tips, tools, techniques to do the best you can as you navigate through that. And again, it all came down to confidence, trust and empowerment. And Mark, to your question around flexibility, that is what it's all about. And I think one of the silver linings about what we've um, been uh, navigating through is that trust and that empowerment and that confidence, I think, is much stronger now than it was when we went into this um, crisis. And as we move out of it, I'm sure we're going to have more people who would like to establish a more regular working from home routine. And you know what? That is absolutely fine. But we don't want to go too far to the other end of the spectrum because we're a very strong and personable organisation. You know, we are a team-based organisation. So I'm sure we'll find a happy balance somewhere in between. Yeah, I agree. I guess it feels six weeks on from that sort of rapid response that we all faced across QIC. It feels like a long time ago and almost it's hard to believe that, you know, certainly in Australia, and I know parts of our business, this is not the scenario for them right at the moment. But certainly in Australia, we are hearing about green shoots of recovery and starting, you know, there's talk about returning to work slowly as, as businesses, including QIC, look to resume their offices operations. What are some of the principles that you and the team are applying in that process now around thinking about that return to work, albeit, I mean, definitely that it'll be different for different um, locations, obviously, depending on where they are in the the crisis response? Yeah, um, based on very similar principles, though, Mark, and the first is absolutely well-being. Health, and well-being is the number one factor that we're considering in how we reintegrate back into an office environment. So we know that there is going to be very strong need for social distancing, which means that the way that we looked when we all left the office is going to look different when we go back in. And so making sure that we're doing that work around uh, distancing between desks, you know, um, Not everyone will be able to sit next to each other. Some of our meeting rooms will be too small. Um, What do we do with kitchens? All of those really important um, considerations are now um, being thought through because most importantly, we want to ensure that we provide a healthy, safe and safe workplace for our people. We also know that as the um, some of the restrictions start to lift, it's it's also about people's well-being and confidence in being able to re-enter society, get on a bus, you know, stand in a lift, stand in a coffee line, um, and we've still got a lot of work to do there. Um, 
at the moment, for example, in our Brisbane office, only one person can be in a lift at any one time. Well, if the workforce is transitioning back, that's obviously not going to cut it. We'll have people, you know, kilometres down the road trying to get to their their workspace. So we've we've got a lot to think through. Um, it will be done in a in a very considered. It will be done in a phased way for sure, um, but also in a way where we have confidence that we have the right things in place, um, and we will get that confidence through knowing that we've got safety knowing that we have the right degree of communication, but we also know that it will take time for people to get that confidence back. Um, and we're very, very cognizant of that. So um, it will be, it was very quick to get out. It was right, grab, <laughs> grab your laptop, come back if you need a chair, that type of thing, it was done. Heading back will be a different story and, and we're working on that um, in a lot of detail as we speak, not knowing when that date might be, but. Uh, we know that it'll be weeks, not months. Yeah, great, Glenn. Thank you so much. And I guess just a, a final thought from you, Glenn. I mean, it's often great to hear how people are, are personally experiencing the whole living and working um, in arrangements and, and dealing with COVID. Is there anything that you'd like to share sort of at a personal level? What do you do sort of on a day-to-day -day basis just to, to make sure that you're striking the right balance in, in work life and, and home life and, and, and dealing with what is a, a global pandemic and an unprecedented situation that we're all facing? Yeah, no, absolutely, Mark. There's a couple of things I want to share. Well, firstly, from the personal standpoint, we've got um, two teenage kids uh, who are doing schooling remotely at the moment. So, uh, and my wife and I are working from home. So, structure and normality is just so important. Our, our kids are, uh, they know what they've got to do. They know where they've got, you know, when they've got to be uh, online, they know when their breaks are, etc. So their structure is pretty good. Um, personally, you know, I've taken this opportunity with a bit more time in the mornings to, you know, get myself out to, to go for a run or to get myself out walking. And, you know, I've found that that's been a terrific start to my day. So that's, we're, we're going fine and we're settled into a nice routine. But one of the things that I have been super impressed about is our people have really stepped up in terms of wanting to contribute to their colleagues. So we have um, one of our colleagues who uh, is a, um, a part-time physical trainer. And so she has been uh, sharing with us workouts that you can do from home. Um, one of our colleagues has, um, uh, has qualified as a yoga instructor. So she's done the same. And every Monday morning, we put out a health and wellbeing update. And it's, uh, you know, we, we focus on different trends or, or different areas of focus. But one of the most compelling pieces has been storytelling. So we have one of our colleagues interviewed uh, every week to share what they're doing, what works for them, how they're staring through the challenges. And Mark, it, it's made it incredibly authentic and very, very genuine. And, and I do think that that will be one of the, the silver linings as well is that degree of personalization is, is something that we've been able to really embrace. And uh, our, our people have been the drivers for that. So their creativity, you know, them wanting to share their expertise and their stories has been just wonderful. Storytelling is just so important. And, and it's been one, in, one of the things that's really helped us stay connected. So there are plenty of um, strong cultural takeaways for us to embrace uh, and, and to further embed 
as we move into the next phase. Um, and we've just got to make sure we move into the next phase in a really controlled way so that the self safety and the wellbeing of our people is, uh, is the number one priority. Glenn, thank you so much for that. I think it's been fantastic to, to speak with you today and get some insight into how QICs responded and, and, and the principles that it's applied around trust and leadership and communication and really shepherding employees through this significant and, and, and really quite difficult time in, in everyone's life. So I thank you very much for coming and, and speaking and joining us on QPod today. If you'd like more information on what was discussed today, then please reach out to your relationship manager. Thank you for listening and please look out for our next QPod. Have a lovely day.